It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Kicking down I'm Darlene Kvist, a certified nutrition specialist and a licensed nutritionist. And Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. And today's show is all about Ask the Nutritionist. So we invite you to call in with your questions or comments. And our number here is 651-641-1071. And joining me as our co-host is Leah Wetzel, and Leah is a licensed nutritionist, and she has her master's degree in nutrition, and you're also a mom of Oliver, who is how old? He's going to be one next week. Oh, time does fly. I can't believe it. I think last year about this time. I was very pregnant. And you were, I think you were very pregnant on one of the shows. I was. Yes, I was. Yeah, in fact, the day before, um, right around when I was going um, into labor, I worked that full day yes, at you, work. And I uh, said, I'll see you tomorrow. And then I never came back. <laughs> well, I came back. Yes, but you did. It was three months later. <laughs> Thanks, Dar. It's great to be here today. Yes. None, none of us slid out or anything. I we know got it. here safe and sound. Just took our time to get here. And so we are ready for your question today. So again, the number in the studio is 651-641-1071. And you know, I am very pleased to announce that Nutritional Weight and Wellness is we're actually spreading our wings. And on January 8th, we will be offering our Nutrition for Weight Loss program in Balsam Lake, Great. Wisconsin. Wow, that's yes. excellent. Yeah, and, and the, the group of women that we're hosting that at, is, do you remember the name of the group? It's it's basically through the, the community, community education. Ed. Okay, great, great. And, you know, they just wanted us to come out. Great. So the community education um, in Balsam Lake, they're doing our Nutrition for Weight Loss series because they really want to be able to, to lose weight and get healthy again. So orally, one of our very experienced nutrition educators said, go to Balsam Lake? Yeah, that would be fun. I'll drive <laughs> to Balsam Lake because... You know, it's fun to inspire a group of women to feel great again. That's awesome. So she said, you know, yes. you know, I've got a new car now. She's got a nice car. It's great gas mileage. Yeah. And I would love to be part of a new class with people ready to make changes in their nutrition. And, you know, this is orally. She said, you know, I'll make sure that I leave early on those Wednesdays. <laughs> class is going to be Wednesdays. So she always comes early so that people can come in and they can ask questions and visit and yep. get you know, hints and tips that's going to help them stay on program. That's great. And two, men are welcome. And we like to have men in our Nutrition for Weight Loss classes, too. And oftentimes, it's very helpful if couples take the class together. Mm-hmm. So they have the great support of each other, knowing kind of what they're supposed to be doing. And to sign up for um, for this class, you want to get in contact with with Deb Paulson at the Balsam Lake Community Education Department. And the number for that is 715-825-2101. Or you can call our number at 
699-3438 if you have any questions. So, you know, I know that there's Balsam Lake and there's Luck, Wisconsin, and I'm not sure all those other little communities around there. Yep. But we hope that everybody gets the message. And if they want to take the class, it's, you know, it's uh, 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And there's an individual nutrition consultation included in that. So That's great. So do we have callers we already? We do have callers already. All right, we're ready. Let's get started. <laughs> Joanne, you have a question today for us about prebiotics? Actually, I had two questions. Oh, great. But my first one is about prebiotics. I do probiotics, but somebody said, no, you need prebiotics. I know nothing of that. And then the other question briefly is I learned that a body can be too acidic or too alkaline, and that just blew me away because I never heard of such a thing. (laughs) I was hoping that if I hang up and listen that you would just briefly discuss both of those issues. Sure, that's no problem. That's a great question. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. So, you know, let's talk about prebiotics and probiotics. Sure. Um, I might differ a little bit from what some people are being recommended on this. Yes. I think it's really important to have probiotics, mm-hmm. and we believe that the best probiotic or the one that is most needed in your body is bifidobacteria. Yes. Because that makes up 70% of your intestinal tract. Yeah, most of the, the dominant strain of bacteria in our small intestinal tract and our colon. Yes. Yeah. Now, what is what do probiotics or even b- bad bacteria feed on? Sugar. Yep. And most of us, I believe, most of us get, if we're eating vegetables and some fruit, we're getting plenty of prebiotic naturally in our foods. Yep. And I find that sometimes when people start taking those, what is called prebiotic, which is basically a form of sugar, that actually their intestinal tract is so out of balance mm-hmm. that they will end up having a lot of discomfort and a lot of gas, and maybe some bloating, maybe some diarrhea, because it's too much too quickly for them. So it's good to know that when you eat a healthy, balanced diet, like when you're adding in those good fruits and vegetables, that you're getting enough balance with the prebiotics to help support your good bacteria. Right. Without throwing things kind of out of whack. And so then, Leah. Yeah. Let's talk about acid alkaline. Yes. Yes. Lots of people are talking acid alkaline. And I know it. It's it's one of those topics that I say surface about every five to seven years. Yes. <laughs> and everybody talks about acid alkaline. Yes. yes. So what's your thoughts? I've got lots of thoughts on acid alkaline. What's your thoughts on acid alkaline? Well, again, kind of tying back to when you really eat a healthy, balanced diet, when you're getting lots of fruits and vegetables with balances with healthy fats, and proteins, and you're not on any medications like, you know, acid blockers that might throw off your acid alkaline levels. You know, I think most people have um, a really good balance there between the two. And I think sometimes we get the misunderstanding or the misinformation, I guess, more misinformation that when we eat meat, mm-hmm. we become too acidic. Well, in reality, what they have found is it's sugar that makes us acidic. The most. Acidic. The most yeah. acidic. If we are going to tip the scale to go over into an acid area, mm-hmm. more acid. Or, you know, actually grains are very acidic. Yep. So people that are eating a lot of bread and muffins and cereal 
they can become a little bit too acidic. Mm -hmm. But if they're like eating like a balanced diet, like meat and vegetables and good fat, they stay very balanced. Yes, definitely. You know, we really, and the other thing is, we really want to stay, it's, it's probably better to stay a little bit acidic than too too alkaline because actually acid in our system will prevent uh, bacteria and viruses from growing too. So I think it's just going back to balance. You know, when you eat, you know, again, if you eat meat, vegetables, and good fat, you constantly stay in balance. You get in trouble when you eat more of the processed foods. Right. And I I think when you mentioned acid blockers. Yes. See, and that will tip us over to... Being too alkaline. Mm-hmm. And people don't, you get the same reactions. So right. they think that it's still having it being too sick, but actually they actually become too alkaline. And and really, it, it can be just the same. Right. I have a lot of clients that have been on acid blockers for way too long, many years, even decades in some cases. And um, they're having breakthrough with utilizing the acid blockers. And, and really what happened is now, because they're not producing enough acid, they're becoming more alkaline and having a hard time. And you have a hard time breaking down foods and digesting foods properly without that. Right. And I think the other thing that people don't realize is that then they're more vulnerable to bacteria and viruses. Yes. And they get sick more often. Yes. So, yep. you know, it's going back to somehow we, our bodies have this, it, it's almost magical. Yes. That it is so well balanced if we just feed it the, the right, right foods. Yeah. Again, exactly. we keep going back, you know, fruits and vegetables. Yes. And lean meat, good meat, Healthy. and good fat. Yeah. Quality foods make a huge difference. Yes. In fact, did you, I don't know, I turned on the TV for just a moment this morning to watch the news and the story was that finally the FDA is saying to farmers, you cannot use antibiotics in your feed any longer because we're getting too many people that are antibiotic. The the um, uh, medications are becoming a resistance to uh, bacteria. Mm. The you know they become the antibiotics are no longer useful actually, which has been kind of this the 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 scary theory for a while now the overuse of antibiotics and having antibiotic resistant bacteria. Oh, that's yeah. and they actually talked about twenty three thousand deaths, I believe, yeah. because of that. Oh wow, wow. Well, guess what? It's already break time. No, not yeah. really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Already. All right. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Often in our lives, we have family members that, you know, they don't really need another kitchen appliance or a piece of jewelry, but they really do need to understand and apply nutrition to their lives. So how about a gift certificate to Nutritional Weight and Wellness uh, for Christmas? This month, when if you pay $100 for a gift certificate, you actually get a gift certificate for $125. So you get a free $25 bonus when you buy that gift certificate. Buy two of those and you have paid for a two-hour nutrition consultation. And this gift certificate can even be for yourself if you're interested. And buying online at weightandwellness.com or call the office at 651 651- Six nine nine three four three eight. And today's show is Ask the Nutritionist, so call us today in the studio at six five one six four one one oh seven one.
Hi, I'm Cassie Wienis, a registered and licensed dietitian from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You may know me from Dishing Up Nutrition, but today I want to talk to you as a mom of two kids with celiac disease, as well as additional food sensitivities, topics near and dear to my heart. Even with all my training as a dietitian, I was overwhelmed when my family had to go gluten-free. My boss, Dar, helped me learn the ins and outs of going gluten-free with real food, and that's when we realized other people need help and direction, too. So we created an online class called Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way. You learn what gluten is, where it's found, and how to be gluten-free at home, at restaurants, and at social events. We teach you how to shop gluten-free and how to make healthy, delicious meals your whole family will enjoy. And it may surprise you that I don't buy many gluten-free products. If you take the class, I'll teach you how simple it is to go gluten-free eating real food. Learn more and register at weightandwellness.com. That's weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, for this month of December, we're actually offering all of our supplements at a 10% discount. And we also offer free shipping, which is yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's great value. And, you know, in this kind of snowy sto- snow weather and roads that we've there. had in Minnesota, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. So if you have questions for us today, our number here is 651-641-1071. And we have so, a yeah, caller. Yeah, Dar, we have another caller. Okay. Mary, thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question for us today? Yes, I do. Love the show. Thank you. How important is your gallbladder? I went to a gastro doctor. I have asthma. I have, I believe, IBS. I have GERD. I have, um, you know, several things. But he was feeling around and said, oh, your gallbladder is inflamed. It needs to be removed, which freaks me out. Mm -hmm. Can that be repaired by eating correctly? Well, we always believe everything can be repaired by eating correctly. And so, you know, it kind of depends on some people do actually have infection in their gallbladder. And then if that's the case, probably better for it to come out because it may not be repairable. But if it's just inflamed, I think then it could be. So it sounds like you really should come in for a nutrition consultation it's like you have so many different factors going on. And, you know, Leah, I mean, you used to have asthma. Yeah. I mean, yep. maybe you speak, you know, speak to the asthma part. You know, a lot of, a lot of what you described, it sounds like, I think it, like what Dar had said, it'd be good just to kind of look at to make sure underlyingly you don't have food intolerance is going on. That's that's really inflaming your, your whole entire system. And so, um, Leah, <laughs> you know, you, when you, I mean, you had really severe asthma. Yeah. And so when you took out what foods that, and you don't have asthma now. Yep. It was a significant difference when I took out both gluten and dairy um, and come to find out through further testing down the road that I'd ver- I was very intolerant to both of them. Um, but it was almost like a night and day difference. And I was at that point when I took those two foods out of my diet, I was already eating pretty healthy. Um, so I thought that I was doing the right things dietary-wise, come to find that underlyingly I had food intolerances that was the trigger for that. Um, and so, it, and, you know, I think for you to understand, when, you t- when you're eating some of those foods, it ca- causes inflammation in your body. Mm-hmm. And so it causes inflammation in your lungs, 
but it's also causing inflammation in your intestinal tract and your gallbladder and your gallbladder. And yeah, and I've had clients where um, the underlying issue with their gallbladder was food intolerance and gluten was the connection, and they were having severe attacks relating to that. And once they were able to calm down that inflammation, yes. you know, th- through you know nutritional therapy um, and cutting out the gluten and healing the digestive system that everything calmed down again. So I think it's, yeah, a good thing for you to investigate. So, okay, that sounds good? Yes, I will give that a try again. Thank you very much. Yeah, All right. You. Thank you. All right, we have more callers. Okay, sounds good. We're ready. Vicki, thanks for calling Dish at Nutrition. You have a, have a question for us today? Yes. Um, it's August. Um, I had gotten some, like, some blood work taken, um, got tested for diabetes and, you know, just kind of high blood pressure and everything. And everything came out normal. Um, four months later through work, we had this kind of the same blood work um, done. Um, and my triglycerides from August, went, it was 104 and it jumped to 199. And okay. I was really kind of shocked by that because everything else was pretty normal. Um you know, the only, you know, I do also have um, a thyroid condition, so I take levothyroxine, mm-hmm. and I try to evaluate what was different, and all I could think of was the dosage had changed. They had increased it, um, just because my results um, from August indicated that it was still kind of elevated, so so they wanted to kind of up the dosage, and um I kind of on my own merit. I I thought there maybe maybe an overdosage, so I kind of went back to the regular dosage. But and then I saw the triglycerides. And I'm like, well, could it have been the levothyroxine, or was it something else? Well, typically, when you think about triglycerides, you think we think, okay, you must be eating more carbohydrates yes. than your body can tolerate. It's a storage form. Yeah, and so it's like more sugar. You know, more wine, more, you know, muffins or something like that has snuck into your eating. And that's why your triglyceride number has gone up. I mean, or, you know, maybe, you know, how accurate was the test that was done at work? Maybe it wasn't as accurate as the one that was done at your doctor's office. So I think those are a couple of questions. Now, and you I, did it fasting. It was fasting. Yeah, it was it was fasting for twelve hours or thirteen hours, right? Okay. So as far as your thyroid medication, you know your thyroid does control all the different organs mm-hmm. in your body. So I I suppose there's an outside possibility that that could make your well. And there's pregnancy. a there is definitely a connection between just cholesterol production and and thyroid function. Yes. So, so it is a possibility, but I think. Again, you know, look at whether you had increased some of your, I mean, maybe you just started eating cereal where you you hadn't before or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you were drinking soda because that's going to make your triglycerides go up pretty fast. I don't know. And it's a it's a it's one of those first numbers that fluctuate with cholesterol, and it can kind of go up and down depending on what you're doing dietary wise. Um, So it's it's good to know that quickly. Um, by, you know, maybe changing a little bit with your diet and, and um, regulating that a little bit better 
um, your triglycerides will come down very quickly as well. Yeah. Okay. So give it a cry, try. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for thank the call. You. So we have okay. more callers. We do. We do. Okay. That's how, that's great. <clears throat> Pat, you have a question for us today. I do. Great. Um, I took your class about um, two years ago, and I just loved it. The nutrition for um, weight loss. Okay. And um, I've been taking the um, oh, glycinate and the bifidobacteria, yes. and, I, and I just ran out of that stuff. And I noticed over the last two weeks that after I eat my raw vegetables for my afternoon snack with my protein and fat, that I tend to get, um, I would say, almost an acidic stomach. And I'm wondering, is, is that from the vegetables from the lack of the bifidal, Probably or, the- you know, I did eat some uh, limited grains over the um, Thanksgiving holiday, which I normally don't eat any wheat products or dairy. Well, a couple of things. It could be that you're, you're really needing that bifidal bacteria to keep your intestinal tract balanced. Uh, but again, if you stop taking the magnesium glycinate, magnesium and calcium are, uh, they, they, they reduce acid in your system. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you, you took out a couple of things and now you're experiencing and, a little more And that's more a acid. really good point, Dar, that it, if, you, if you're not taking that good bacteria from a supplement, then, then you want to make sure that you, you do support your good bacteria levels because there's things that we, you know, chlorinated water, coffee, stress, sugar, that slowly kind of chip away at our good bacteria. So if if you stop taking that probiotic, you need to incorporate in then some foods that have that good bacteria. You know, some people that are not dairy intolerant could do plain yogurt, full fat plain yogurt to get good bacteria. Or they could eat uh, sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Every like meal. The, the refrigerated <laughs> sauerkraut. Yep. But you you have to actively make sure that you, you support your good bacteria levels. Otherwise, they'll become depleted and then you'll having you'll definitely notice a harder time digesting your foods. Okay, that was my suspicion. Yeah. Thank you. You, you know, what? and I find that it's just easier to take bifido and magnesium glycinate yeah. and in a tablet. Because you can, do I mean it is it's easy, mm-hmm. you know. It's high concentrate, um, you know, it's not as higher levels as you find in foods. Yes. Yeah. So okay. do we need to take a break or do we can we take another call? You know what? We're right at break time. So oh. we better take it Okay. Thank you. Um, So we'll take a break and then hang on to the line. We have lots of callers and we'll definitely get to your questions um, after break. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Automakers encourage people to take their cars in for regular maintenance so your car lasts longer. And we encourage you to have regular maintenance appointments for your body so you will last longer. As a nutritionist, I find clients that come in and see me every month feel better, look better, um, and overall are, you know, just keeping that maintenance up. So yeah. just like your car, uh, you want to run in tip-top shape. To book appointments, call our office at 651-699-3438. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you want a friend or a loved one to eat better, you know, take better care of themselves, I really encourage you to have them tune in to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, Get them to listen. And after a while, they'll start making changes. I hear this all the time. And maybe they'll stop eating margarine, or maybe they'll stop drinking three glasses of wine after work. Or, you know, maybe they'll have less headaches, be less moody, be more fun. 
And the habit of listening to Dishing Up Nutrition changes lives. It really does. You know, one of our people that listen in Chicago is Gary. And just listening, he's lost 75 pounds. Wow. So. That's amazing. Yes, it is. Great. So, you know what? We had some Facebook questions. Yes, we did. So I want to answer one of them, Leah. Sure. Here's a question. Uh, law, is there any long-term side effects from taking GABA, mm-hmm. which is a, a supplement and a neurotransmitter, and 5-HTP for sleep? Mm-hmm. So, you know, first of all, let, let, let me talk about what 5-HTP is. It's the building blocks for making more serotonin, mm-hmm. basically. And serotonin, when you have enough, you sleep better. Mm-hmm. GABA is another, another important neurotransmitter. Neuro- neurotransmitter, and it's also the building blocks to make more GABA. Mm-hmm. So we increase that, and people really feel more relaxed and calm, and they sleep better. So then I'm going to turn the question over to you. Long-term well, side effects, so are there any? I, I just wanted to kind of explain how I would utilize that with a client um, and what I typically use those supplements for, if if they're showing signs of low serotonin, if they're showing signs of low GABA, to help them, you know, rebalance their body and and help them to get to the point where they're sleeping better at night. In the meantime, while we utilize a supplement or both of those supplements if needed, um, we work on getting healthy and work on their body's ability to manufacture these important neurotransmitters itself. And most people um, that I work with, they're more of, uh, let's, let's get your body back in, in balance. And then, and then ultimately you'll, you're naturally sleeping better um, and um, not needing it as more of a long-term supportive supplement. But some people like it for more yeah. of a long-term support. And, and I've never really had, any problems with people taking it more long term? No, and there doesn't seem to be any no. research that says that there is any problems taking it long term. And I think people have to realize that both of these, you know, come from the animal protein yes. that they're eating. So, you know, a person that's vegetarian might need to keep taking these mm-hmm. to have that those building blocks. Yep. So that's answering that question. Great. So should we take a caller? Yes. All right. Thanks for calling Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a question for us today? Yes, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I I, I absolutely love your show. I listen weekly, and I had the pleasure of meeting Cassie a few weeks ago. Excellent. So it says here, it says, Trucker, are you on the road, or is that that your last name? Well, I'm actually parked right now, but yes, I'm a trucker. Great. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And Thank you. And within that, this is my question. For many years, I've been driving truck and eating a basically a brown bag lunch mm-hmm. and um, trying to get away from the cold cut sandwich kind of theme and I'd love to uh, I have to, I have to hang up and and but I will listen I would love to have some ideas for some finger foods that I could eat while I was driving that are simple and yet nutritious and that would be helpful for me okay great sounds we'll great. give it to you thank you safe right. driving yeah so finger foods okay I think um, you know, because I have actually worked with, uh, I don't know, three or four different over-the-road truck yes. drivers. And I've worked and, with some, like, school bus drivers or, or okay. city bus drivers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I you know I encourage people to grill up a bunch of steak or bunch, grill up a bunch of chicken breast uh, or even, you know, like some pork or something like that. But if they grill up a steak and chicken breast and then just slice it yes. up into cubes and throw it in a container... And they can nibble on it as they're driving and then just do a bunch of raw vegetables 
and nibble on that and then maybe bring in some nuts and, you know, or black, you know, olives. I mean, a lot of people love yep. green olives, black olives. Um, so, uh, you know, eating too many nuts sometimes is a little constipating for people. And if they're just sitting and driving, that might become a problem. So I really encourage people to do more of the black olives and the green olives um, yes. for their fats. Yes. And like kind of what you describe for, for kind of sauteing up that meat, sometimes I suggest actually almost like make shish kebabs. So then mm-hmm. you do vegetables with the meat. So you just, you just basically are just picking up the grilled vegetables and the meat concoction while you're driving other things uh like to do like the pickle roll-ups i think those are are kind of handy to have on the road you know something like deli meat and you could do either avocado or guacamole or um cream cheese cream cheese and a pickle in the middle and so you just roll those up and and so you can have them in a container by you and you just pick them up on the road and munch on that and that's a really good balance there um, and then one other thing that I often suggest for people that are on the road, if you can, to bring with you like maybe a, like a protein smoothie, protein shake, something they can drink for maybe snacks in between their meals. Uh, and I think we have our protein shake on our website, yep. weightandwellness.com. And we tend to make it out of coconut milk mm-hmm. and whey protein powder and some, maybe some dynamic fruit. greens yeah. and some fr- fruit. So it tastes great. Yep. And it and, really uh, can get you through a few hours. Yep. And I, lots of people just put them in the pint jars. Yes. You know, the canning jars. I, I actually blend mine literally in my canning jar. I have a small mouth canning jar and I put on my, the bottom of my blender, um, it screws right onto that and, and blend it up right in there. Oh, okay. It's really easy. All right. Really that easy. That sounds good. Yeah. You know, the other thing that we have, and I think this works really well, either making a bunch of, uh, meatballs made with wild rice. Mm-hmm. And just make them into smaller meatballs so that they're finger foods. Or we actually, sometimes we put them in muffin tins yep. and just cook them that way. So and get some carb them. and protein. Yep. And so it's just a matter of, and I think it's okay to do like our uh, sweet potatoes, you know, yep. that we, they're, they're like sweet potato wedges. Mm-hmm. They're a little heartier, heavier than the fries, easier to take and eat on the go. Yep. And you can eat those cold. Yeah, and they're good cold. Yeah, same with the meatballs. I love mm-hmm. to eat them cold. I actually often actually I had them for breakfast. <laughs> so hopefully that's those are some ideas for you. Yeah, and thanks for listening. That's really yeah. great. Yes, great. All right. So more callers. We do have more car- callers. Okay, that's Jackie. Thanks for calling Dish Up Nutrition. You have a question for us today. Good morning, Jackie. I am a I am a client, um, and I have been instructed to kind of um, that I have a gluten intolerance and okay. maybe a dairy intolerance. Okay. And I have trouble with constipation, mm-hmm. and I'm I take glutagenics and bifido. I mix that together, and I usually try and drink at least you know um, that twice a day in yep. water. I take Dophilus in the morning. At night before I go to bed, I take magnesium and calm powder. Okay. And then I'm also finding that um, I have to do Miralax. And um, I'm just wondering, some people say, gosh, if I take magnesium, I mean, I just go to the bathroom. I, but You better mm-hmm. watch out. I need to go to the bathroom. And I say, gosh, I take it every day. I still have trouble. And so how um, long have you been working on this? How long have you been working with somebody 
Um, probably know? since April. Since okay. April, okay. And um, and how long have you been taking the Miralax? Constantly. For, I mean, for years, or is this something more of a like? How long have you been struggling uh, with the constipation? The constipation, probably a couple years. Okay. And one of the things um, Kate said when I met with her, you know, that I never realized that might be a contributing factor is the fact that I do not have a gallbladder mm-hmm. that was removed. Um, but, yeah, I just, I struggle. You know, I don't follow an, an exact strict diet, but I listen to you guys. I know your philosophy. Yep. Um, I have given up bread, that kind of stuff. For the most part, I try to stay gluten-free, but... Okay. Um, so, you know, here's a couple of ideas for you. Um, first of all, I think look at some things that are foods that are really constipating, like bananas and mm-hmm. apples and dairy. Uh, da- well, she's dairy free, so that she said be... she was kind of working. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, cheese, uh, certainly, these are all very constipating foods. And so, let's see, um, thinking of any other ones that are really, oh, nuts. Yeah. You know, okay. if you eat, you know, like some people just cannot eat those handfuls of almonds because mm-hmm. that that's uh, they have to really switch. Especially if that's a struggle for yeah, you to not eating, eating nuts and okay. to eating just like olives or avocados for your fat. OK. Another okay, thing, maybe, perhaps yeah. because of the fact that you've been on Miralax for so long, yeah. maybe add something that is called orthodigest with mm-hmm. every meal. Or a couple of those might help you break down your foods a little bit better and um, help you get over this constipation. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the things that you're doing are yeah. great. And making sure you okay. keep your body hydrated. Yeah. Um, yeah. That can be very constipating. Vitamin C is another thing I mean, Another thing to throw into the mix, but uh, vitamin C definitely can be helpful for constipation as well. Um, you know, and other things to invest. I mean, sometimes underdiagnosed hypothyroidism can, you know, be part of contributing factor for chronic, you know, constipation. Yeah. I mean, that is another thing that we seemed like we're encouraging people to ask for total thyroid panels, mm-hmm. you know, so that you're not just getting one test like the TSH, but they're getting total panels so that they get the T3, the T4. Free, the free T3, the free T4, yeah. and, and your antibodies. And the antibodies. And then that gives you a clear picture of how your thyroid is working or maybe is not working. Okay. So there's okay, a lot more to investigate. Yeah, I guess so. I, I wrote down the ortho digest. Um, I do drink a ton of water. Great. I do take a vitamin C every day. So. And, and to, to help with constipation, you need to take at least 4,000 milligrams of oh, so. vitamin C. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll you need to take down. a high level. So. Yep. Okay. Great. Well, thanks well, for great. the call. That was, Thank that, you. Those are good questions. I think great. a lot of people have those very same questions. Yes. We're, people are dealing with that problem a lot. Yep. And there can be so many contributing factors. So good reason why to work with a practitioner that can help you sort that out. Yep. All right. Well, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. As I was sharing a little bit earlier, um, the asthma, which is a very chronic condition, is something that I used to struggle with as well. And nutrition has really made a difference with my asthma and put me in total remission. Um, and, and as I shared earlier, underlyingly, um, what I found was I had undiagnosed food intolerances, both gluten and dairy. Removing those out of my diet um, really made a, a difference. Huge difference. Huge difference. Huge difference. So good thing to investigate and, and always good, you know, to look at when you're struggling with a condition like that. So, so our, number, oh, our number here is 651-641-1071. 
Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, Leah and I are here answering questions on Ask the Nutritionist yeah. today. And I we had another Facebook question, so I want to try to answer that. The question was, you know, I'm eating good fats. How much how much fat can I eat, basically? What's the recommended amount of fat? Yeah. So, again, you know, for people that are just tuning in, good fats are like olive oil, coconut butter, oil. coconut oil, uh, avocados, yeah. olives, nuts, seeds, seeds, those kinds of things. Not, you know, and not staying away from the margarines and the, the fa- refined oils. Oil, refined mm-hmm. oils. So, how much fat? Well, that's a very good question. It kind of is individual it a is. little bit. But you do need some fat for every meal and snack, we believe. Mm-hmm. So, anywhere from a teaspoon to a tablespoon to a few people couple might need two tablespoons. Mm-hmm. It's depending on what you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, if people are having a lot of problems thinking and brain, their brain health is a little in jeopardy, maybe a little bit more yeah. of those good fats are really important. As we know, our brain is pretty much fat, yes. so we need to support that fat. But I think if a, just a kind of a general rule of thumb, you know, a couple of teaspoons at every meal and snack. So, you know, you're basically eating it five or six times a day. So that gives you a, about a, a clue about how much fat people should take in. Mm-hmm. So Great. we have more callers. We do. Diane, thanks for calling Dish Nutrition. You have a question for us today? Yes. Good. Great. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say that I've been listening to your show for a few years now, and um, I've come in to see Darlene, mm-hmm. and it's changed my life. Oh, I'm great. Thank you. sleeping so much better. I, I just feel better. I have more energy. So Good for you. I'm, I'm calling today um, for my brother, and... Um, I, he's been suffering with um, ulcerated colitis mm-hmm. for years now, and I keep encouraging him to to see one of you or, you know, yes. take back that reaction class. And I've given him, you know, information on changing his diet, and he's been doing that. But um, the one thing that happens to him is he's been a smoker since mm-hmm. a young age, and he wants to quit smoking. But every time he quits smoking, his ulcerated colitis flares up, Mm -hmm. and doctors have said, you know, there's something in the cigarettes, and, you know, it's not the nicotine, but there's something that that relieves that flare-up, which is really crazy. Well, I think think what's really happening, this would be my guess, is what's really happening. When you smoke, you really reduce your immune system a little bit. And what that does, then it reduces the inflammation a little bit, which sounds crazy. But when you've mm-hmm. got an autoimmune disease, you are over your immune system is kind of mm-hmm. overdrive, and so his is coming out in his colon, you know, the, the ulcerative colitis mm-hmm. in his in, in his intestinal tract, and it causes that flare up. But I do believe that if we worked with him individually. We could manage that and slowly, you know, get him. He, he needs to quit smoking. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, and I think we could get it so that it, he wouldn't have flare ups. Mm-hmm. To um, manage both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's, you know, but I think it's, you know, it's something that when he sits down with somebody, they really have to know the whole story and what he's trying to accomplish and how we go 
doing that by taking steps, you know, and and going back to it certainly is the food yeah. and it certainly is some of the key supplements that he needs. So have him come in. Yeah. That's that's all we could say. I hear you talk about your brother and how mm-hmm. stubborn he is. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yes. This is my brother, too. I mean, I know. They are so stubborn, aren't they? Of, a lot of good changes. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the last I said, take bifido, take the um, L-glutamine. Yep. Um, and, you know, I keep giving him all this information, but I keep telling him to see you guys, too. Or, you know, right. And Dar, we have that we have the gut class online too, don't we? Yes, yeah. We, yeah. But so, you know, I think when you have a, a condition like this, it's really necessary to sit down yeah. with someone that is an expert in exactly. this area. But maybe to give him motivation is it, to yeah. get to that point. <laughs> well, thanks. Made a huge difference in my life. And oh, great! I live out here in Hutchinson. I used to live in the Twin Cities. I tell everyone about you out here. And I tune in every week, and I just love you guys. You've made a huge difference in my life and obviously so many other people's lives. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you. Wish you a happy holidays. You too. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate the call. All right, so we have more callers. Okay. We'll try to sneak them in. All right. Lori, thanks for calling Dish Nutrition. you have a question for us today? Um, yes, my question is about how many grams of protein I could consume on a daily basis to help to bring my protein level up. I had pre-op lab work done because I was having gallbladder issues, and I went on a for three months. I ate a low-fat diet, which was fine for my gallbladder, but I don't think it did much for anything else. And I do have a history of pelvic radiation and chemo. I don't like beef, so how do I get my blood protein level up? Well, uh, have you tried grass-fed beef? You know, uh, yes, I, I do like grass-fed beef in the form of like hamburger. Yes, mm-hmm. okay, great, great food because it has it, it actually has more nutrients yeah, in it, a lot better nutrients. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, how many grams? You know, we think you probably need about a hundred grams of protein a day, it okay. at least. So when you break that down, you know, like it, uh, if you do an ounce of protein, mm-hmm. it's seven grams. Okay. So just divide, you know, seven into a hundred. So then okay. you have an idea of how many ounces of protein. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of take that and have a little bit at every meal and every snack, it really isn't that much at a time. You know, okay. it's, it's not like sitting down and eating an eight ounce steak. Yeah. It's eating three and or four ounces at a time is more like it. And it kind of sounds like maybe ground or slow-cooked sure. meats might be a little bit better for you, which are easier for your body to digest and to absorb that nutrients. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's excellent. I okay. appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for yep. the call. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, okay, callers. Uh, we're, we're just kind of waiting to see what, what comes on the line. But in okay. the meantime... Um, you know, maybe if we have a, a second here, we don't know towards the end of the show, um, talking a little bit about thyroid mm-hmm. and in something that is we were kind of touching on earlier, like so many people struggle with in this country today, right? About 30 million people mm-hmm. in the country. That's just women. Yep. And about 15 million men. Yes. Which we, I, you know, that was kind of interesting when we were looking this up, Leah, yep. is that. We don't think of men as having thyroid issues, do we? But they do, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And a lot of what, and I was um, looking in a little bit more research on thyroid, a lot of what is on two underdiagnosed are, are, are people that are undertreated for their thyroid condition. And you said that you had just read a study last night about untreated thyroid conditions. Yes. The research study said it was like you said 2,000 people? Uh, yeah, of women. Of yep. women. Yep. And when it was untreated but they had thyroid problems, what did they also have? Uh, high cholesterol. Yes. Yeah. It's all connected. It, everything it? is. Yes. Thank you, Leah. Yes, thank you, Dar. Thank Great you, to be callers. Here. We appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.